There was an occasion when I was valeting where at the end of Seahawk games, we got real busy real fast. And we were a, a place that a lot of the players of the uh, Seahawks and the coaches all came to after the games, let alone the fans. And so we're ready for the big hit. Now, more than ever, customers expect their needs to be met and they expect their feedback to be addressed right here, right now. Now that social media has made it easier than ever to spread word of mouth commentary about a business's performance, business leaders need to be acutely aware of what their customers are saying about their brands, while also being able to act upon that feedback in a timely, efficient, and satisfactory manner. Today, Ed and I are gonna ask the questions Are you listening to your customers on this episode of The Business Buffet? For the last 20 years, F1 for Help has been perfecting the art of computer repair. To get your computer repair done right the first time, give Joe at F1 for Help a call at 208-687-0183. Welcome to The Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with a cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the business buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Well, hello and welcome back or welcome to another episode of the Business Buffet Podcast. Uh, I am Phil. With me is Ed. Ed, how's it going today? You know, it is doing really good. We're going into a long weekend. I've had just one heck of a great week Looks like business through the end of the year is just smashing through the record books. I, I'm just happy. So uh, does Labor Day weekend mean anything significant for you? Um, not giving birth. Okay. No labor. <laughs> no labor. <laughs> so glad that you're here to laugh at your own jokes. Um, well, if I don't. <laughs> I, who else will? Uh, but in this case, this year, 2020, anything spectacular happening? You know, every day I'm, I'm alive. Yeah. Honestly, I, I and I don't, I, okay, I, I got to explain this one. It, it's, it sounds kind of odd, but, you know, five years ago I had open heart surgery. And when I went into surgery, I kissed my wife and I was certain it was forever. It was goodbye. It wasn't, hey, I'll see you in 15 hours. It was, I'll see you when you join me in heaven. And I woke up and now I'm just happy every single day I wake up. You know, honestly, it shouldn't take an act like that for all of us to have gratitude for everything that's going on in life. I mean, everything. Everything happens for a reason. Plus, I had this really great pizza dinner last night. <laughs> so, I, something tells me that's not even in this order that you're you're happy. It's well, no, yeah, I got to be alive in order to eat. <laughs> good point. Very, very good point. Oh my gosh. Well, today we're going to talk about um, listening to our customers. Hearing our customers. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. What? Um, were you talking? Yeah, I was. Let I'm, me, let I'm me, sorry. I'll repeat that. Today, we're going to talk about listening to our customers and hearing our customers. And what are, what are we going to do 
with that information that we're listening to and hearing. And just for the sake of argument, we're actually considering clients and customers to be one and the same. Although full acknowledgement, there are subtle differences between the two. But Ed, you seem like, to me anyway, you're keenly aware of what your customers expect from you. And you do your utmost to give them, like, you, you give them that and then some, okay? Give me an example, however, of when that didn't actually happen. Oh, that's a tough way to ask that question. And uh, for the rest of the show, Ed will be talking. <laughs> well, it does say discussion. It does. Dis- it does. <laughs> yes. You know, actually, uh, it wasn't always like this. Um, Boy, I don't even know how to answer that question. When it didn't happen, well, not since I've been self-employed. I, I went into business. I set the expectation of what it is I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, and who I'm going to do it for. And I just, I never ventured outside of those parameters. I, was, I wasn't one that ever got panicky and saying, oh my goodness, I don't have enough customers to, to pay the bills. I always had enough money to pay the bills. Right. And so I, I have to actually go back before I started my business, even before I moved to Oregon. I was, uh, I was a teacher at community college, mm-hmm. I was at Cabrillo College in Aptos, California. And from 96 until 2000, I was an adjunct professor. So I was the industry sweetheart. And they gave me everything that I wanted, anything that I wanted, uh, in fact, one of the perks of the job was I got free books. Uh, every week, a textbook um, salesperson would come in. Sample. And samples. <laughs> I wow. had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. For a reader, that's a real luxury, right? Oh, it is. I mean, although when we moved, I, uh, I had like 30 boxes of books that see, I moved. what goes around comes around. Yeah. Anyway, so then TI, that's where I was working, Texas Instruments, they shut down the plant in Santa Cruz, California. I was homesick that day. I probably have told this story a little bit, part of this story on this podcast, but I was homesick that day when they announced the closure. And I get a phone call from my boss at the school, and he says, I want you to know, Ed, we want you full-time at the school. I said, I, uh, Gary, I got a job. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, they, they pay me a lot of money. I, I kind of want to stay there. He says, oh, you don't know. Don't have, know what. You haven't got a job. They're, they're closing the plant. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. So long story short, I get hired full-time professor, and then it all changed. I was no longer the industry sweetheart. I was the low man on the pole. Right. And I didn't get anything that I wanted. Hell, I didn't even get a computer for the first semester. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm teaching 3D animation, mechanical drafting, and AutoCAD, and I don't have no, my own computer. No computer. No computer. So I guess the question give you an example of when that didn't happen. I guess I was the customer. Well, and that's certainly an example, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because I, well, let, let me just digress and say this. The whole idea and about this particular episode, because I came up with this because there are a couple of things that happened to me this past, you know, week and a half, two weeks that really prompted me to write this episode. And for one, I just got done listening to seven hours of the antitrust hearings from a month ago. Now, it took me three and a half weeks to get through that, but that's a lot of time. And I did that because there were four leaders 
in our society that are pretty big leaders, right? And I was very curious how these four major players in, in our economy were going to respond to some fairly major accusations. And as I was listening, Ed, I was listening, I realized that they hadn't been listening at all. There are people screaming about privacy and security issues. There are price gouging issues. There are price fixing, lack of customer and technical support. I mean, the list really goes on. So how many things, and they weren't listening. I felt like they really could have been listening and maybe even alleviated all of these issues. But how might things have been different if these four major powerhouses, juggernauts really, if you will, had just listened and acted? Okay, so let me ask you a question here. Was it they weren't listening or they didn't agree? You know, I've been in politics now for quite a long time. And you, you often hear the rabble-rouser or the heckler in the crowd, you're not hearing me, you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. And, and very often I would say, I hear you, I just don't agree with you. Right. But there, there were some substantial documentation for a number of these things. It'll just say it right off, the censorship issue in and of itself. And all of the different, you say you had Apple, you had Google, you had Facebook, and you had one other. Amazon. Amazon, thank you. So you had these four that in various shapes and forms were censoring people based off of political values. But, okay, not to make politics out of a business right. podcast. I get it. Aren't they a private company? Don't they have the right to do that? They are, but they're, they're under different rules. And, and they're also saying they don't do it. So these... This documentation says that they they are. I found that these, uh, well, three of the four anyway, I felt like really were trying to make it right and that there are people within their organization. But my point is, why does it take an antitrust hearing to get these things talked about, right? You know, I I think it's the same thing. Let's go back to Microsoft 15, 20 years ago when they were being sued because Internet Explorer was so intricately involved or installed in all of the applications. Yep. And it took a antitrust case in order to knock them down a peg. It's there's, there's kind of a fine line between really good business and bullying business. Right. And so people could say that about Microsoft and you're not giving anybody else a shot at getting in there. Why? Well, we worked out and we negotiated this, right? So, That antitrust hearing was one time, but there were two other things that happened to me. And it's a, there's a brand new burger place. I'm not going to mention the name, but it replaced Roger's ice cream up here in Coeur d'Alene, not down in Sherman. And so I just got through telling Ed, I'm not happy on the, what the scale is saying lately. And yet I go to a fast food burger place. It's a brand new one. I go through the drive-thru because it's my quickest way of being efficient. And I see on their menu, they have a one item that's $8.39 for, I think it was $8.39 for the combo. So I order that. And she said, that'll be $12.13. I said, no, I don't think so. It's like, no, she said, the prices on the board are wrong. I said, oh, that's okay. <laughs> I'll do the 
you know, 839 and plus tax should be around 872. And my numbers might be wrong for those listening or doing no, the math. Not nine bucks versus 12 bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And she said, well, there's, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do about this. And I'll tell you what, had the line moved forward because it didn't while I was in it, I, I was 25 minutes there in the drive through Ed. 25 minutes. Wow. There's a guy behind me in a truck that after his 20 minutes, because I was there before him, backed out of the drive through I'm like, great idea. I'm following you. They Had I gotten to the window, I would have given them a choice. You can have my 872 or I'm going to go elsewhere and I will never come back. But I... They were not listening. They had an opportunity of saying, you're right, we'll honor that on the board. I don't really care what the reason is. That's To me, that is a bait and switch, even if it isn't meant to be. You know, I, I knew we shared this story. I shared this story yeah. about uh, the, the drum set that I bought. Yeah. And I went into the music store, and, and there was the price on the drum set. And uh, I came back. I went home and came back and said, I'll take that drum set actually i bought it on the spot and then i came back to pick it up and that's when they were charging me and the price had changed <laughs> and i said but oh god that that wasn't the price that was on the placard in front of the drum set and the store manager now he's kind of dumbfounded and he looks to the sales clerk who thankfully said that's correct the placard said such and such and the store manager to his credit then I'll honor the price. Made the decision. And that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a similar thing uh, when you went into a car lot. Said, I'm not paying over uh, $1 over this amount. And you got it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was such a fun story. <laughs> Did you want to do a, a quick uh, you know, review so of that? This is like 25 years ago. My wife and I were buying a Grand Prix. And I knew seven ways from Sunday what I was going to pay for this car. Every single possible uh, financial throw that they would give. I knew what the, fi- what the financing would be. And the guy came in and we, I just kept haggling, haggling. We were there for like six, seven hours. Finally got down to, he was within 95 cents a month of my desired rate. Within 95 cents. Within 95 cents. And I wanted to walk. And my wife finally broke the bubble. Will you shake the man's hand? Probably slapped you up inside the head a little bit too. Well, you know, I wouldn't have. I would have walked. Yeah, I because you had drawn the line in the sand and you were ready. And ninety five cents. And someone will say, "But if it's only ninety five cents, why do you pay it? Pay it? Well, if it's only ninety five cents, why don't you just take it off?" Well, that's it. I mean, sure, okay, it's twelve dollars a year, six years. It's not that much money then honor the price. Right, right. It, it's it's really very simple in my opinion. So the other story has to do with pizza. You just brought up pizza mm, that I you had pizza. last night. Yeah, Man, pizza's like my... Have you nut- eaten at Embers? I have. Oh, they Down in Post Falls, yeah? No, yeah. no, this one down... Well, no, no, over by Post the Falls. lake, yeah. Okay, yeah. yes, I think so. Oh my goodness, that was good. It, there's nothing like a good pizza. No, no, good wood fire pizza. This is their sweet barbecue chicken. You probably don't know this about me though. I'll have a Totino's frozen pizza and be happy as a clam. I would too. I really, if, if it's pizza, I have not had a bad pizza. Yeah. Ever. And there are bad pizzas, but I just like them that much. I, I don't just, know. Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. Pizza, pizza. Yeah. 
So I'm going to Mod Pizza, and I call. I guess we're never going to get Little Caesars as a sponsor. Or Mod Pizza after this. So I, I call. I love Mod Pizza. They have one price for anything you want. I love that. What a great idea. I'm not sure how you make that work, but still a great idea. Call them in advance. So, Well, yeah. let, me, let me tell you how you make that work. I okay. do a flat fee-based pricing for my website development, <laughs> but I digress. Back to our regularly scheduled program. Oh my God. This is the good part of this. I love it. This is great. So I call in advance so that I don't have to stand in line. I know exactly what I want. And the person says, I'm sorry, you'll have to call another number. This is only for takeout. <laughs> I said, Can, I've, I've, Can right now I've, I've, I've been hung up on once. I, I'm, I, I'm, on, I'm almost there. I've been on the phone for three and a half minutes and you can't just write up this order as simple as it is. It's like, I, I can't, I only do takeout. I'm like, fine, I'll do it for takeout. Gave her the order. I was so, I was livid. So went up there, paid for the pizza. I said, I've changed my mind. I want to eat it here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, great. Why as a, why as a customer do I have to go through those hoops when it's really that simple? But my question ends up coming down to this. Is it okay to not act on what your customers say or in some way, some of their demands? Yes. Obviously, it is totally okay as a business to make a decision to implement any kind of policy you want. I'm going to get a little political. If you want to refuse to bake a cake for a certain type of wedding, don't bake the damn cake. If you are mad at the baker because they won't bake a cake for your wedding, there are other bakers. Go to another baker. It's really that simple. If they don't want to let you in the bar because you're wearing, I don't know, a red hat with four distinct letters on it, then don't let them. And, and don't go to a bar that would limit you on that. We as consumers have choices, and so too does the business. That's right. And let the buyer beware. Whatever the business wants to choose, there are consequences. And I've said this numerous times. In politics, so many business people say, oh, no, don't talk about religion or politics. And you know me very well. I talk about both right, extensively. But you've made it absolutely, you, there is no, uh, people know about you. Absolutely know exactly who exactly. I am coming into the relationship. And yet I'm not judgmental, I don't believe. I don't believe I, somebody comes into the conversation, and in order to be a friend with me, you must vote for Trump and do this. And do, I, don't, I don't care who you vote for. But you will say, look, you can have your opinion. Now I'm right. But, (laughs) you know, and I always say that the right answer is somewhere in the middle. So the business who says you've got to wear a mask in order to come in, i.e. Costco. Yeah. uh, And the the business who says, I really don't give a rat's if you wear a mask or not. Right. You know, they're they're going to attract a certain clientele and, you know, let the consumer make the choice. I'll tell you what, and I, this is not on my notes anywhere, but Winco, okay? Winco's close to my house, so they get a lot of my business. You know what? They are fine. But we have, point, a nice, we have a nice Winco here. Yes, we do. Yeah. But I walked in one day, and they said, as of this day, you have to wear a mask. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's worth it for me for the few minutes that I'll be in the store to do it. And, and they... They monitored that. They would not let you check out unless you had a mask. So <laughs> you could have a full cart of groceries. 
you didn't have a mask on there, we're not going to ring you up. You so, know, and I, and I worry about the mask thing. Let me go on this for just a couple of seconds here. Okay, a couple of minutes. I have yeah, a medical condition. <laughs> I have a heart condition. I have a pacemaker in my chest that regulates how fast my heart will go. Now, it paces all the time, so it also keeps it from stopping. But it, it will not go over 120 beats a minute. And when my body needs to go faster, when my heart needs to accelerate because it's low on oxygen, it doesn't happen. Right. And I'm just instantly oxygen deficient. I have to stop. I have to catch my breath. So what you're saying, you need oxygen. So I have, well, I don't need the oxygen yet. Need but if I wear a mask... It prohibits that. It prohibits that. I, you know, sometimes when I'm panting, I have to open the window in the car because I can't get enough air. So I worry about being mask shamed everywhere I go. Now, constitutionally, no business can refuse service for anybody with a medical condition. Right. ADA really gives me a heck of a lot of latitude. Right. I could go to Costco and say, you will let me in. That's right. You will allow me to shop. I could go to Winco yep. and say, you will check me out. Well, And I don't even have to explain my medical condition. No, you don't. No, but here's the thing. Winco, listen to their customers because they were getting a lot of pushback. So you know what? They no longer require that. Now, are there people in there shopping with masks on? Yes, there are. Sure. And we call that personal choice. And, and that's exactly the way it should be. Right. So now getting back to today's topic, put yourself on the other side and you're trying to make a decision based on what is going to maximize your return. And unfortunately, in today's climate, it's not just a matter of there'll be people who will stop shopping there because of a decision you make. Uh-huh. Now it's there are people who are actually going to try to destroy your business right? because you don't go along with the woke ideology. Yeah, about a month ago, we did the cancel culture episode and how you really need to be prepared for this. It's inevitable. If you can avoid that, congratulations, but still have these systems in place. Go back and listen to that episode. It was a, it was a really good one. And Ed's exactly right. It's not just this single issue anymore. You have other people that will be trying to sabotage your decision-making as a business. Um, so how can you actually tell if you need to act at all on these things, Ed? Gut. Gut feeling. I think, like, the, the store manager at Guitar Center in Clackamas, Oregon, the guy looked me in the eye. He, he got the evidence from his sales guy, and he made a call. You got to go with your gut. There are going to be times, though, when you... You got to go against the customer. They may just be trying to take you for a ride. I've been in stores with friends and they're selling a line. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They are selling a line and all they're trying to do is get something for is nothing. Get something for nothing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm back there shaking my head. I turn around and I walk away because that, that, that's just scummy. It is. But this is one of the deals right now that's going on. The consumer has a lot of leverage right now, and especially with social media and Yelp, and all of these reviews, you can actually really do damage with your words, regardless if they're correct or not. So I'm going to share something real quick. Uh, Back when I had White Glove Cleaning Services, I did a quarterly uh, survey review, if you will, with all of my clients. I came in with their invoice, and I asked them to please, it was three questions. 
that had five different answers. And basically the questions had to do with uh, customer service. Are we cleaning correctly? Things like that. These were just bullet points. I didn't want my clients to have to spend a lot of time on thinking about this. So three outline items, five answers. Poor, below average, average, above average, and excellent. And I, if I got any return at all, they would always be average all the way down. And so I would come to them and I would say, what do we need to improve? They said, nothing, you're doing great. So, but these things came back as average. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're doing what you expected, you know, what we expect you to. Well, let me add to that. Yeah. So uh, with a client, I'll leave nameless, I get a copy of all of the stuff that um, are, is posted for my clients' websites. And I saw a four-star review for this one client. And I wrote a message off to my client and I said, so good, four-star review is good. Why wasn't it five? I said, I, not to belabor this, but you'd remember the movie, The Circle. Did you ever see the movie with, with Tom Hanks? And, oh, and yeah, Emma, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was their thing. You know, if, if you didn't get a perfect review, then you asked them. Uh, did I not satisfy all of your, right. your needs? Well, then why didn't you give me a perfect review? Right. So I asked the question in return, if, is there something with this particular individual that they didn't earn five stars? They only got four stars? Is this a, something that we should be on guard for? Right. Right. But it's acknowledging these things, right? So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to actually walk through a few of these steps that you may want to incorporate in your business when you get these comments. Are you like most people in front of your phone and computer all the time? Computers can really be a pain in the neck. Many people slouch or strain their necks while working at the computer, as well as during their stressful commute. A recent study shows how jutting the head forward to read more closely compresses the neck and can lead to neck and shoulder problems, as well as pain going into the arms and hands. Laura with Abandon Your Aches Massage is all about holistic approach to health and helping you live the life you deserve. She has years of experience in many types of massage therapy ranging from light touch, cranial sacral therapy to deep tissue trigger point therapy. Not only that, she can provide helpful stretches and has an entire line of essential oils that can keep you living your best life even after you leave her office. Let Laura help you return to your daily activities. Schedule a massage at ayamassagecda.com. Abandon your aches massage. Relief, relax, refresh. So we are back. Uh, we're talking about your customers when they talk to you. Are you listening? Are you hearing? And how are you acting on these comments? And I'm going to tell you real quick, this little stop through that burger joint I want to just nail on the whole 20. First of all, the price is wrong, but how about the 25 minutes in a drive through? Okay. My guess is that every person that went to that window, the poor girl at the window has to take all of those comments. What the hell did you have to kill the cow? (laughs) (laughs) You know, those comments, right? (laughs) So when this happens and using this as an example, 
there are things that this place can do. And I cut them some slack because they, they, the, they, were, they were pretty new. But come on. I mean, the price is wrong. That's an easy answer. Yes, sir, we will, we will honor that price. And we are so sorry about the wait in line. Here's a coupon for the next time you visit or something to that. Yeah, some free French fries. Or- something to that effect. Because honestly, most of the time when a customer comes to you with a problem, an issue, a complaint, they just want to be heard. Well, and that kind of goes to the first tip, I would think. You yeah, got to listen. Exactly. And that's what this whole thing is about, listening and not just giving it a head nod and not hearing it, but listening and hearing. Well, it doesn't mean you have to agree. No, no, not by any stretch. It that's just not means what we're you have to listen. So when I said in that example, I am so sorry, there's an apology and mean it. Again, an apology does not mean you accept blame. Apology means you have heard and you are genuinely sorry that they feel this way. Okay? So you're listening, you apologize, and really take them seriously. They're your paying customer, Ed. Why wouldn't you take them seriously? So you want to listen, apologize, take them seriously. I've got another point in there that I didn't even put down on this list, but repeat back what they said. Well, and that helps reaffirm that you are, in fact, listening. Right. So, I mean, and that's a, is it a trick, a tactic, a strategy? It doesn't matter how you identify it. It it helps to um, calm down the situation. And I I think actually staying calm. Oh. You know, restate it helps you stay calm. Because in some cases, I mean, it's one thing, for the the gal that's working at the the drive through line to know that they've blown it. The price is wrong, and we took a half an hour almost to get the food ready. Unbelievable. The new definition for fast food. But, <laughs> Convenient um, drive through never Nevertheless, I mean, you might have gotten Park your food through. faster sitting in the restaurant. Yeah, right. But um, restating the problem, you know, I understand our, our, our marquee was wrong. It's got the wrong price. Unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm not the manager, and he's not here, and I can't authorize the, the change in price. I'm sincerely sorry for that. And, and the wait, it, it's completely unacceptable. Um, I hear you. I mean, what you just said is absolutely perfect. And the wait is unacceptable. You are agreeing with that. Because put yourself, put yourself in the shoes, right? There was an occasion when I was valeting uh, in Seattle, where at the end of Seahawk games, we got real busy real fast. And we were a, a place that a lot of the players of the uh, Seahawks and the coaches all came to after the games, let alone the fans. And so we're ready for the big hit. And, and we had a really long load zone. It was about 30 feet, 40 feet long. We could probably put five cars in the load zone. That's fantastic. Sometimes we even had to double up. But there was somebody that came in and stopped the front end of, of the load zone, got out of their car, and walked across the street just to get something. And I got in his car and started rolling it forward. And he got irate. But, you know, I stayed really calm. I said, sir, we just had to make sure you move forward. I really apologize for, for doing that, but you really left me no choice. And, and you know, I did this. One of my valets that worked was about to punch the guy because he was really in my face. But I was really calm because, by the way, that's your first 
attempt at de-escalating escalating any situation like that is to stay calm and bring down the emotions. You know, and this this is actually an area where I struggle. Um, one of the reasons that I defined all of the parameters of my business up front, besides the fact that I'm an anal engineer, uh, is because you I knew taking so many ways that I had to be able to point someplace. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> to say, but up front, here's exactly what I told you, and everything was spelled out. Everything was identified. Because I don't stay calm. I don't like confrontation. I hate confrontation. I don't like confrontation. I don't handle it well. When somebody's being stupid, I just kind of like to say, gosh, that's stupid. <laughs> so you put, you, you lay all the cards on the table and really call it, you have very little filter. Very little. Yeah. I, and I have a lot of filter. I don't like confrontation either. I don't like conflict. I don't like drama. And I will do whatever it is. I need to to de-escalate the situation. So staying calm for me, pretty easy, okay? Uh, identifying and anticipating some of your customers' needs beforehand will actually alleviate, alleviate a lot of potential issues. But if you, you can't think of everything. Although, you don't have to think of everything no. if you categorize the potentials. I, I'm going to use today okay. um, as an example. Today... Rotary, I, oh, yeah. I run the uh, the Zoom meetings for the quarter Lane Zoom or quarter Lane Noon meeting for uh, Rotary, and our speaker was in Ohio, so they were going to zoom in and they were going to be the the speaker. They were going to share their screen. Great, I said, can you show up at about ten till so I can do a mic check and a level check and check your your screen share and make sure all of the the resolution is set appropriately and, for your computer. And what they got from that was can you show up 10 till what they got from that what they heard was Well no, he heard no, I can't. Oh. <laughs> he, okay. What, what he heard was yeah, I, I know you'd like me there 10 minutes till, but I'm in a meeting. I won't be done until 20 after. Oh, so you knew full well he was going to be late. I right? knew full well okay, he wasn't gotcha. going to be there in time. And so now I'm anticipating what's going to go wrong. I don't know what's going to go wrong. No. I know the categories. I know what could go. Sound couldn't go right. Computer couldn't be connected right. His camera may not be working right. So you do what you could to prepare for those scenarios exactly. should they arise. Should it arise, gotcha. I did what I could do to prepare for the possibilities. Came off perfect. However, if you know that you're cooking exotic meats, and again, I won't name the restaurant, but but let's say, for instance, I don't know, you're serving alligator. Um, that's kind of an exotic meat. You probably wouldn't pre-cook those burgers. So you're going you're gonna to only cook those on demand. Maybe you might want to have, oh, I don't know, some prepared statements for why it takes 25 minutes to get your alligator burger. On the menu. This is an exclusive thing. Really exclusive. So help educate your customer before the problems. Okay. Uh, now I got to stop you there. Okay. What does an alligator burger taste like? I couldn't tell you. Do you know? Did you ever have it? No, I've never had alligator. I haven't, I haven't either. Uh -uh. I have a crocodile, but not yeah. al alligator. I would imagine it's a snapping occasion. <laughs> um, how about suggest solutions? And this, I think, also goes with uh, the question. And boy, this is a tough question to ask, but what can we do to help make it better? Right. Well, and you've got to be prepared right. to do something. 
to you have to do, you don't necessarily have to do that but by offering solutions uh so they could come back with something that's very easy to do and your solution now is to confirm you can do that so very good point in my business i require a 50 percent deposit in order to start building a website and it goes on a development server and i decided before i ever introduced the program to a single customer that if they're not happy i'm giving them their money back and i'm canceling the project because i have to i have recourse right yes i spent time doing the initial design and in some cases a lot of time right but i'm still in control i get to say whether i'm going to continue or not and if i'm going to say no i'm not going to continue i'm going to give a 100% refund of their deposit right. and i've done it Dozens of times. Countless times, yeah. There's, there's been times where I'm working with a client and I get two weeks into the project. I've already spent 10 hours on the development and it's like, I don't want to work with this person anymore. Right. So there's a bit of a little screening issue right there. And you really haven't lost anything other than some time. And granted, you can't get time back. But there is that possibility. No, but what you do get is you get a reputation. So even though a client got fired, in essence... Nobody's been mad. I, that's, that's true. I had one lady that was mad because she couldn't afford a website, and I was the, the least expensive in town. However, um, even in that situation, I said, but you can't sue me. I just gave you all your money back. Right. So nobody gets to go around town and say, well, you didn't even give me my money back. Yeah. No. Yes, I did. Right. I remedied the situation as best I could. By the way, any time that you've lost on that front end, you've gained on all the lifetime of time wasted. You can't see this on the podcast, but the Facebook users can. I am really fat. I eat well. Business is good. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with that. Okay, Head, how about this one? Appreciate the power of yes. So you've given two stories already about the power of yes. I have. Power of yes, but I actually view it more in the power of no. Because I eliminate the bads before they even get there. But for the most part, you do. Yeah, but we're talking about a case where there's something that's happened. The power of yes is business saving. So that guy at the music store who went ahead and discounted the drums, it was $1,000. Right. This was no small amount they lost money on this deal but that was that was a price that was previously up there as a special am i right about that it was okay so there were it was price what they... happened was it, it was just on the wrong drum set oh <laughs> yeah they just had it on the wrong drum set they they just put the placards out wrong but what did that yes get oh man tens of thousands of dollars right. of additional purchases and you just have to understand that that's the whole nordstrom mantra they have one thing in their policy, do what you think is right, okay? Do, do they lose money on that sometimes? Absolutely. But it's pennies on the dollars compared exactly. to what Exactly. So if you are always looking for ways to help your customers, uh, you will come out ahead, your customers will come out ahead, and you'll get the reputation. Look, when they have a request, as long as it's reasonable, tell them that you can do it. Figure out how afterwards. Look for ways to make doing business with you easy, and always do what you say you're going to do, right? Mm -hmm. How about uh, acknowledge your limits? Now, this is where it gets a little dicey. Yeah, because I'm not going to run a marathon. No, <clears throat> no, and and I don't think I'm going to ask you to. I'm not even going to ask you to walk a marathon. We we live in a 
in a uh, what is that the triathlon? Well, we, we live in a city that that does the Ironman here. Um, I I get tired just saying the word. <laughs> I did see you break a sweat. Yeah. So, uh, but understand what your limits are as your business, and and look, you can't give customers things that are going to put you out of business. So just understand that. Know what your limits are, and be available. Always be around. Be available. So. While some customers just want to be heard, there are others who want you to fix their problems immediately. Have systems in place. And while taking action is one of the most important steps in showing your customers that you are listening and care about what they say, analyzing the concerns they raise is most important in growing and strengthening your business. There are just a few so-called death phrases when it comes to customer service. But seriously, phrases like, I can't help you with that, or that's not my department, are two of them, and they are the last thing customers want to hear when they have problems. Is your computer not running right? Is it making sounds it shouldn't? Do you want your computer to run better? Well, give F1 for help a call at 208 208- 687-0183 or visit us on the web at www.f1forhelp.net Thank you for listening to this episode of The Business Buffet. So that was great advice, Phil. Do you have a quote of the day for us? I absolutely do. And this one is really, uh, it fits in nicely with what we're talking about today. One thing you can give and still keep is your word. That is it for today's episode. Thank you for listening and remember to eat hearty in business. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business.